Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is my co-host, Arzu. Hello. Last week, we talked about episodes 15 and 16, both very fun one-off episodes, and today we'll be talking about episodes 17 and 18, Holiday and Serpent Song. Holiday premiered on February 5th, 1999, and was written by Tor Alexander Valenza and directed by David Worry Smith. Serpent Song premiered on February 12th, 1999, was written by Catherine Powers and Brad Wright and directed by Peter DeLuise. So we start with the fun adventure of the week and then hear from our favorite Goldilocks Apophis. Arzu, would you please summarize these two episodes? All right. So Holiday is my favorite episode of the season. And it's basically the team goes to a new place. They encounter this being whose name sounds like Limoncello, but that's not what it is. (laughs) Macello. I just kept hearing Limoncello. They encounter this being Macello, who essentially covertly tricks Daniel into like body swapping with him. So Daniel's mm-hmm. in his older body and he's in Daniel's much younger body. And he's got like, I think he's dying. He's yeah. dying. But he's obviously got unfinished business. So he needs Daniel's body for that. So he goes home with them and it kind of becomes a, a body swap episode, which is always a lot of fun. And then Serpent Song, Apophis is back. Apophis is dying. Everybody's dying this week. <laughs> Apophis is dying. He needs a new host. They strap him to the bed and say no host and then watch as his body slowly deteriorates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, which, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> which, uh, I've, got, I've got some thoughts on that, but uh, we'll get there when we get there. Okay. So let's do our quote reveal. Last week I gave you the quote, we're going to have to play a little musical chairs with your bodies. And your guess was that Sam is talking about having to shuffle around worm-like aliens inside of SG-1's bodies in order to resolve a problem. And you were mostly right. It's they Sam that says worms. it. Yeah, there weren't any Nor worms were involved. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michello is an alien, so... So is Teal'c, I guess. Yeah, so I mean, technically there were aliens involved, but um, no worm-like creatures. But uh, they were yeah. shuffling around SG-1's bodies, so... And yeah. I got the right speed. Yeah. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Michello. Um, I feel like Michello is is fun because he's like kind of sassy, but um, I mean, I I prefer like Michello as the kooky old man over Michello as like I'm going to steal your body. <laughs> yeah, my thing is Michello as himself as like the kooky old man kind of felt on par for like SG one aliens. Like, he's got a stilted way of speaking, and he's got this kind of let-me-learn-about-the-humans vibe, <laughs> which is fine when he was in his, like, Michello body. But when he was in his <laughs> Daniel body, have you seen the movie Blast from the Past? The no. Brendan Fraser movie? No. So, Brendan Fraser is functionally, uh, he, he plays a guy who whose dad was convinced in the 60s that, like, nuclear war was coming to the U.S., so he built a bunker in their backyard. And there was like a plane crash in a local field and he decided this is it. It's the apocalypse. And he like takes his very pregnant wife down into this bunker. She gives birth there and they're there for 30 years. So this guy was basically raised in 30 years of like 1965 and then comes out into 1995 and has to like interact with everybody. 
And this was a very long way to say that that's what Michello and Daniel's body reminded me of. Okay. Because he was like walking down the street and he was like, let's feast on me. And I'm like, there's about yeah. seven different ways to interpret that. And I don't <laughs> think any of the ones I'm thinking of are what you meant. But <laughs> it was just so, it was like weirdly wholesome. Yeah. Even though he did steal somebody else's body. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, kind of the way he explained it was, like, he's been fighting the gold his whole life, and so he feels like he deserves some time off and a chance to, like, just enjoy himself for once. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of feel bad for him in that way, but, you know, you can't just steal somebody else's body. <laughs> it's not cool. I did like his friendship with Fred, though. That was cute. Yeah, that was really cute. I mean, it was not, yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice to see him get his holiday in general. His, like, like, experience. Going, like, I have suffered, but now I'm going to eat burgers and ice cream. I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and when he was telling Fred that um, he was in war and he was tortured and Fred's like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah although i did think that was funny that you know he's going like i I must leave i must go out and they're like sure daniel you can take a day i'm like daniel comes back from another world like i've been traumatized and the beauty of the u.s healthcare system is like yeah sure take the afternoon right get over your trauma (laughs) and then be back here at nine o'clock tomorrow well what's funny is like dr frazier said like a few days and hammond is like take the day you can take the day so I feel like it's an, it's a perfect demonstration of the doctor being like, you need this much time to recover. And your insurance being like, no, you don't. It's like, like <laughs> you need to have heart surgery. And your insurance is like, do you? <laughs> do you, though? Have you tried ibuprofen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the bit where they, they realize, because Dr. Frazier's like, you need to see this. And... Mm-hmm. Michello's body is there and he's like I'm Daniel Jackson and they're like mm-hmm. he's like ask me something only Daniel would know mm-hmm. so the fact that his wife is not one of the questions they ask right <laughs> it was like I don't remember what, I remember Jack said something about like what dress was your sister wearing when I took her out and I'm like first of all rude because that's not Sam and then he's like I don't have a sister and I'm like good but like the other que- oh who's Cassandra I'm like mm-hmm. fair because only Daniel would know that but Michello also wouldn't know who Sheree is, but then Daniel right. also doesn't know who Sheree is. So it's probably, <laughs> probably not the right question to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like, I honestly didn't think about it when I was watching it. But now that you say it, I'm like, why wouldn't they ask him about his wife? Like, I get like, that asking so obvious. the big obvious questions that like he could have observed at SG-1 or something mm-hmm. like that but it's not like Sheree's there it's not like right. Daniel spent so much time talking about her that he might have picked up on it like right yeah yeah because I mean he doesn't have any of Daniel's memories so yeah. how would he know and if he did have Daniel's memories then like none of the other questions were any good anyway so I don't know unless maybe like he saw a picture of Sheree in Daniel's office bold of him to assume that Daniel has a picture of Sheree. <laughs> or that he would display it anywhere that he could see it. You know, that's fair. I kind of doubt that he does. Because, I mean, they didn't have cameras on Abydos. That's true. 
So unless he had one with him, but then like when he had to like flee Abydos and go back to Earth, he didn't really wait. Take let me grab my camera. Right. So well, he I had enough time to grab some stuff before he went back. I don't remember because he had enough time stuff. to be like, if I'm not back in one year, close the thing. Forever. Yeah, but he didn't like take stuff with him. He just went. At least I don't remember him carrying anything out. So, I mean, he probably doesn't have a picture of her. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. No wonder he keeps forgetting who she is. <laughs> he's like, I can't. Out of sight, out of mind. Literally, he can't see her. So he's like, I don't know who that is. I feel like if I was in that situation and I didn't have a picture, I'm I'm not an artist. So I would try to go to like one of those people that does sketches based on like what you tell them somebody looks like and try to get a sketch done that way so I could have something like some kind of visual representation he doesn't he doesn't know what she looks like <laughs> oh goodness a brunette <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe <laughs> and then so in the attempt to figure out the device that Michelle used to swap bodies with Daniel, Teal'c, and Jack swap bodies. Which was, I think, the best part of the whole episode. I... Christopher Jackson... Not Christopher Jackson, that's the guy from Hamilton. <laughs> Christopher Judge. Judge. Christopher Jackson is not this person. No. Christopher Judge does such a good Richard Gene Anderson impression. <laughs> yeah. That I actually had to listen really carefully because I thought they were, like, dubbing each other. <laughs> and it was only because Richard Dean Anderson does not do a good Christopher Judge impression vocally. Like, his mannerism, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, vocally doesn't do a very good... I'm like, okay, so no, they are speaking for themselves. But, like, Christopher Judge does such a good <laughs> Jack. Yep. Just the way they show him, Sam's like, so that didn't work. And he's like, you think? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Give me a whole season of this. I don't care. <laughs> right? I feel like this episode is like a perfect example of how, why I generally think that Christopher Judge is underutilized in the show. Yes. Because he has like, he has comedic timing and he can deliver really <laughs> interesting scenes. But like Teal'c is just so like stone faced most of the time. Like, let him do something funny, please. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, yeah, most, I think you're right. That I was more fascinated by his impression than by Richard Dean Anderson's impression of Teal'c. I mean, I, I get that he is doing an impression of Richard Dean Anderson. He's him actually talk that way. But I don't think Teal'c's very formal, very stilted way of speaking is like Christopher Judge's natural way of speaking. No, no. So, like, him just getting to, like, let loose a little bit, he was yeah. probably, like, ready. Yeah. Whereas, like, Richard Dean Anderson doing a teal compression <laughs> becomes very stilted and unnatural because that's how right. teal talks. Yeah. We're just used to it from Christopher Judge because that's all we've seen so far. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Jack having to learn how to do Kelma Ream. And then... Um... What I found really funny was like, it, like if you watch Sam, she seems like so perplexed as to like who to look at <laughs> between Teal and Jack. He's like, where is she getting her orders from? <laughs> yeah, 
I like your comment. What is Teal'c's candle budget? <laughs> he uses a lot of candles when he meditates. Have you seen that? It was like a meme of this guy trying to budget. And it was like, please help me. My family's dying. And it was like, rent $500, food $200, candles $30,000. Yeah. <laughs> like, Stop buying candles. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Teal. That's Teal's candle budget. $30,000 a month. I'm just imagining like the budget that the Pentagon gets for the SGC. And it's like, you know, electricity, water, ammunition, candles. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is anytime somebody gets a candle and like a gift exchange that they don't really want, they give it to Teal. And then anytime they go like up and out to like go get supplies. Uh -huh. They go to Bath and Body Works and they get him like a bunch of candles. Like when they're like three for 15, they'll just buy him three candles. Well, except that all of his candles are like the plain white ones. Because on his free time, he sits there and cuts them out of the glass. <laughs> he just prop them up because it, it like because the, you know, pumpkin spice medley or whatever just on the jar doesn't really go with his aesthetic. But then they wouldn't all be white. Yeah, they are. Some of them are pink, but like for the most part, the candles are all white. No, Aren't I mean, they? like, from Bath and Body Works. They, Aren't they the candles all... all white in Bath and Body Works? No, they're all different colors. I thought the jars were different colors. No, the candles are also different colors. I buy wax melts from a different company. Can you tell I don't shop for candles there very much? <laughs> Actually, I don't shop for candles at all, but... No, like, okay. Like, look. <laughs> this one, right here. It's green. That's white. No, it's green. It's just hard to tell in my poor lighting. Oh, I see. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fine so they buy him the white candles from bath and body works no see what i'm thinking is that like anytime they go to ikea they like get like a 20 pack of these plain white candles <laughs> every like holiday birthday whatever yeah. they just everybody gives them a 20 pack with a little like yeah. ribbon stuck on it and yeah. he's like thank you and yeah. <laughs> well it's like, like anytime so happy yeah, anytime that somebody needs to give him a gift, they, like, ask him, hey, what do you want? And he's like, I need more candles. <laughs> Help me, my family is dying. <laughs> and they're like, you don't want something else? You don't want, like, a PlayStation? Or, you know? And he's like, no, I just... He would be like, candles. why do I require a station to play? Right. I'm not a child. <laughs> Yeah, I was just I was just thinking though about like how if if Sam is usually trying to subtly flirt with Jack, like which way does she, she flirt? <laughs> right? Like does she need to flirt with Jack and Teal'c's body? Gotta, she's just gotta get them both in the room at all times and make sure that she's just <laughs> emanating her flirting energy in that general <laughs> direction, hoping it's gonna land where it needs to. <laughs> Because if like, like she flirts with Jack in Teal'c's body, then will Jack be like, wait a minute, are you attracted to Teal'c? Well, he would have to be an idiot. Not that Teal'c is not an attractive man, but because she's been flirting with him, like with Jack thus far. Right. You have to be an idiot to think that, I guess she was into Teal'c this whole time. Right. <laughs> Which honestly is probably something he would think. So I mean, men are dumb. So, so. you know. Is this the first time that they talk about Kelnarim? I think it's it the is. The first time right? I remember. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I think it is. It'll come up from time to time. 
I was also hoping in terms of like, we're talking about budgeting. I really hope that the SGC will reimburse Daniel for all the money Michello spent at that cafe. He right? probably spent like hundreds of dollars at that cafe. Like, poor worse. Daniel. Yeah, I, I mean, just went into like a little diner. They didn't go into like a five star restaurant. He's like, yeah, dinner's on me. For sure. And it was like only the one location. It wasn't like he didn't go shopping or something. Right. But, but like, but then again, that waitress was really excited to take his credit card. I almost wonder if she like wrote down the number, you know. That or she just assigned herself a massive tip. Right. <laughs> so yeah, part of me is like, I hope they reimburse him for that because that's not his problem. That's not his fault. <laughs> I like that his wallet had a little Velcro on it. I'm like, this is so 90s. Oh my god, yeah. Daniel. He has like he has no sense of style. No. <laughs> I was gonna say he tries, but I don't even think he tries that hard. No. Oh, I mean he's He's, like, focused on his work or whatever. He doesn't really care. So when Michello is talking about how part of the reason why he wanted to body swap was so that if he did want to go back out and keep fighting against the gold, he would look different and, like, nobody would know that he was Michello. And so it would take the gold a lot longer to, like, catch up to him, essentially, and start hunting him again. And I'm like, well, he's kind of not realizing that Daniel is recognized by the Gould now. So right. it wouldn't be an anonymous face at all. They would just think that it's Daniel who's in the Tari who they all hate. So it really wouldn't do him any good to be in Daniel's body fighting against the Gould. He doesn't know that. <laughs> but I mean, he does know that like Daniel travels to other planets and he knows that the people on earth fight the gold so i mean it's not that big of a leap to realize that but yeah. also he does like just generally sound crazy because he's like bragging that two billion people died so that he could live and i'm like do you hear yourself i couldn't tell if he was upset by this or not I thought it sounded like he was bragging. He's like, I'm so important that two billion people sacrificed themselves so that I could live. Well, that just makes me like him less. Not that I liked him much to begin with. <laughs> it's just like, you know, another self-important white man who was like, yeah, I'm totally worth two billion people dying for. White men. Right. <laughs> But they do kind of get a little bit of payback because when they're doing the body swapping at the end to get everybody back in the correct bodies, he is briefly in Teal'c's body. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that he is briefly in the body of a Jaffa who's, like, part of a race that he hates is, like, some poetic justice. <laughs> they just left him in there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, put him there and they're like, okay, now that you're in there, like... I feel Push like they did another swap bit. in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay, when they were swapping everybody back, Jack in Daniel's body. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, Daniel in Jack's body. He's like, what's going on? And Sam's like, I don't have time to explain this. 
And then he turns around. He's like, okay. And he turns I'm like, how do you not know what's going on? But anyway, so he turns around and then he sees his own body and he's like, whoa. Yeah. And then Jack calls him Danny boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this. I'm like, so like Michael Shanks got his Richard Dean Anderson impression in there. Right? I thought that was pretty good. Too. Which for my next body swap episode, I would love if Sam and Jack swap bodies because that's something I would love to see. Ooh. Like, it's I a feel shame. like that would be bored. That'd be like borderline creepy, though. It would be like, it could be, but not if done correctly. If they like, mm. if they did like what the Scooby Doo movie did, where like the first instinct is like, let me look at my own boobs. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. But I feel like they left Sam out of the body swap on purpose so that nobody would be trying to do an impression of a woman. Right. But it feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think I think it definitely could be done better. I just feel like anytime that I've seen a body swap with a man and a woman, the man in the woman's body is always like boobs. Yeah, like but so. but also Jack would never, so <laughs> he would yeah, just, that's true. I mean he would probably make a point of not touching them even accidentally. He'd be like I'm not showering. I'm right. not using the bathroom. I'm doing nothing until I'm out of this body. <laughs> right. Like, I just think it would be very funny for, like, Sam to be, like, snapping orders at Jack and for Jack to be, like, calling her sir. <laughs> that's, wh- that's what I want to see. That's what I think would be funny. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And now I, I'm wondering if they took that device back to Michello's planet or if they like kept it and send it off to area 51 they should keep it and use it for parties (laughs) that could get messy really quick i know but it'd be really funny (laughs) anything else with this episode no can't think of anything okay so in the next episode sg1 basically rescues um apophis from being attacked by Sokar. Which is a shame. <laughs> a shame that they helped him? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a very heat of the moment thing. Like... I know, but like... <laughs> so you agree with Jack that they should have just shot him on sight? They should... My very first note for this episode is why are you not shooting him? No. Yeah. Jack's right, as he is <laughs> with most things. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, do they even get any good information out of him? No. I don't think so. He's like, I will give you information. And they're like, no, because that would require a host. And he's like, yeah. And then they're like, well, then no. And then he just kind of dies. And Daniel, like, speaks Egypt, ancient Egyptian to him. And then, like, Tioki yeets him through the Stargate. but Or yeets the dead body through the Stargate. But that's about it. They don't actually get anything out of him. I mean, I guess, like, they give his host a chance to have a few moments of peace. Except that, like, he may end up getting revived to be tortured again by Sokar. So, the poor host. (laughs) I don't know, man. I did think it was cool how the host, in the hospital bed, his health was, like, slowly deteriorating and he started to look older and older. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Because it was, like, subtle. I didn't really notice it at first. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, he, he looks exhausted. And then I'm like, oh, he doesn't look exhausted. He looks old. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm, like, wondering about the science behind that. Like, if it's possible for somebody to, like, show signs of aging that quickly. But I'm trying to not question it too much. Your first mistake was science. Yeah. <laughs> so, one more and then I'm done roasting Daniel for this week. But um, okay. when Apophis is talking to him and trying to, like, appeal to him on Common Ground, I wrote this quote down. Daniel's like, you know my name? And Apophis goes, because of what we hold in common. And he obviously means, like, his queen who is in Sheree's body. Mm-hmm. But I'm just shocked that Daniel put that together. I was having to be like, what do we have in common? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, I wrote in my notes, Sheree is mentioned in both of this week's episodes. Are you happy, Arzu? <laughs> was she, where was she mentioned last time? Oh, when he was like, my what? Yeah, yeah okay. when he was talking to Michello. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, because he, she wasn't mentioned as, like, a something only Daniel would know. Yeah. That's where my mind went, but but listen, two mentions this week. We are spoiled. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, so when they first get Apophis and they're like talking about what they want to do with him, they're talking about how he has rights as a prisoner of war. And I'm just like getting a throwback to like episode two when Kowalski had a gould in him and they weren't talking about him having prisoner of war rights or anything like that. So I'm like, I feel like y'all are a bit of hypocrites because it's like you kind of pick and choose which gold you're okay with killing and which ones you're not. Unless they learned based on that experience that they should go about this differently. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I just feel like they're only treating him differently because he's Apophis and because he has a lot of information that they want that's very possible that could be it too which like that's interesting to contemplate yeah oh well i guess they did actually get some information from him they got the information that sokar is active so now they know that like the new big bad golden town is sokar and so that's who they should kind of be looking out for yeah but i was okay so here's the thing so we've got the news that Sokar is active. But here's my thing. Apophis has been the big deal for so long, for Mm -hmm. like a season and a half, and he just kind of went out with a whimper. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, well, I guess he's done. (laughs) That's it. So, I don't know. I I was surprised that like this is how he died. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very sad. Like, like it's not. Like, I mean, I guess he's you expect that they have some big battle and he gets killed in battle. That's what I would have thought, but I don't know. It just like it, it wasn't like a mid-season finale. It wasn't. A, mm-hmm. It wasn't a season finale. It was just kind of like a random episode in the middle of season two. And it's like Apophis isn't a problem anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Tilk would agree with you. Because while he was heavily enjoying the fact that Apophis was dying, I, he obviously also wanted a more dramatic death for him. Yeah, me and Teal'c are both very disappointed. Yeah. I did find it amusing how Teal'c was, like, like smirking throughout the whole episode, basically. <laughs> like, really happy that Apophis was in pain. Yeah. And like at his mercy and stuff. Sheree is still with 
her dad, right? No. Remember when Did we last saw it? her, she went with Apophis through the Stargate. But the baby is with her dad. Right. That's Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool that Daniel is able to tell Apophis, oh, it's not, like, Harrower doesn't actually have your kid. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Daniel was enjoying that one. He's like, I oh, brought yeah. this child into the world with my own hands and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Listen. suddenly you care. <laughs> right. Well, it's like, you know, you gave this child to the grandfather to take care of, but you haven't, like, visited. Well, no, because he's like, that's not my kid. Well, but, I mean, it's his wife's kid. But, like, he doesn't care about his wife. <laughs> he forgot about her. <laughs> Again. She she is so unimportant to him when he's not posturing to a bad guy. That <laughs> none of his it didn't occur to any of his friends to mention her as like one of the things that Daniel would know. Right. Like Sam's Sam's child is more present in their collective imagination than Daniel's wife. Sam's child? Cassandra, right? She adopted. Oh. Her. No, Dr. Frazier did. Oh, sorry. I thought Sam adopted her. Dr. Frazier's child. Even better. Dr. Frazier's <laughs> child is more present in their collective imagination than Daniel's <laughs> wife. Right. Like, come on. At, at least Daniel remembered to ask about her, though. Like, he did ask Apophis where she was. Okay, but like... <laughs> like, oh, like, you know how, like, when you're out running errands, and you're like, oh, shoot, I have to go to the pharmacy, too. And you're, like, halfway home, and you're like, well, I guess I can turn around. Like, that was the... <laughs> That was the energy for like, oh, right. How's Jure? And he doesn't find out. Although, to be fair, I don't I don't know if Apophis necessarily knows where she is anymore. Because if they were attacked by Sokar, they might have gotten separated. And like, who knows if she was also captured by Sokar or if she escaped and is on some other planet in hiding, you know, so. He orchestrated the whole thing. Right. Or that. You never know. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. If Shari has some influence, you never know. Exactly. So, I mean, Apophis may not even know where she is. What did you think about um, Sokar using a particle accelerator? I have no strong feelings about this because I don't understand particle acceleration very well. No, me neither. Well, if it helps... The I thought the iris looked cool. Yeah, when it was heating up, I liked the aesthetic. Yeah, I I'm really want to talk to a scientist and find out if that's even possible to use a particle accelerator to project an image like that. Like, I wouldn't even know how to begin Googling that answer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can't because I feel like that's not a thing. I don't know. know. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like that's not a thing. I mean, because, okay, if I maybe if you, like, because, I mean, a particle accelerator, like, shoots stuff, like, through a tube, essentially, to interact. So maybe if the Very tube, exciting. yeah, the, the Hadron Collider in CERN is a particle accelerator. Okay. Okay, so now I know what it is. Yeah. So maybe if the tube that you're using to shoot the particles through, um is face shaped 
would the particles then be able to project the image? I you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I just don't know if that's possible. Because if it's essentially working how, I don't know. I guess I'm like more mentally picturing like a laser beam type thing. And yeah. like okay, if the aperture on a laser beam was a shape instead of a circle, if I it would project the shape. I'm not a scientist, but I don't know that that's possible with particles. Right. But I could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> we need to have a scientist come guest on our show for an episode and answer all of our science questions. They're just going to be lecturing us on physics and I will be falling asleep. <laughs> I'll take notes for you. Thank you. <laughs> just going to be like, just like drooping. As long as they leave math out of it, I'm fine. It's just if it gets into equations, I'll be like, no, you lost me there. Theoretical equations is where you lose me. You plug some numbers in there. I'm like, oh, now I see. Oh, okay. So when Daniel is talking to Apophis about Apophis's son, Apophis says that he has no use for the child now. And I'm like, why is that? Is that just because, like, it doesn't really do him any good if he's dying now and needs a host now? Or has his plans for using the boy as a host changed i feel like your first theory is probably the accurate one but it just makes me think of like when a hamster gives birth and you touch the baby and then the hamster doesn't want the baby anymore like daniel like daniel touched the baby and now apophis doesn't want it <laughs> i i didn't think of it that way apophis is like the baby's scent has changed i don't want it <laughs> I mean, I would think that even if he didn't want to use it as a host, he, he wouldn't want the baby to fall in somebody else's hands to be used as a host for somebody else. I don't know. So. Might have something to do with the age then. Because if it's too young for Apophis, it probably would be too long, young for anybody. So. Yeah. I mean, it would be several years before it, he would, like, the boy would be ready to and be a host. And Apophis is dying now. Problem. Yeah. It could be that he he would care if he was in a position to do something about it. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if maybe, like, when he thought the boy was taken by Harrower, if he just, like, changed plans and was coming up with something else. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And then so we get into Sokar is dialing in and like tries to send some bombs and then he's like you know doing the particle accelerator thing on the iris and um, Martouf is there and he mentions how the address to Earth is well known and so it makes me wonder how that information became well known because I was under the impression that Originally, only Ra knew because Earth was like his domain and he was the one like taking people as slaves and whatnot from Earth yeah. and like allowing other ghouls to come and also take hosts from time to time. And that, but that he had control of the Stargate. And so then after Ra died, 
it like Apophis took over most of his territory. And so I'm like, okay, well, Apophis probably found out from taking over some of Ra's territory. But then, like, how did everybody else find out? Like, did Apophis just send a message to the rest of the system lords? Be like, hey, FYI, here's the gate address to Earth in case you want it. You know? I mean, that makes the most sense because it's not like, like, it's not like he could have left it, like, lying around Mm -hmm. on, like, a post-it note. Yeah. So he probably did just tell them. Yeah. Maybe it's like a common enemy kind of thing. Like, you know, this is my enemy and they'll be your enemy too. If you get a chance to go after them, here's their address. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody took him up on it. <laughs> yeah. At least not yet. Not yet. But, you know, so apparently they're all, they're all coming through campus. the door now. So, right. <laughs> Like some interesting stuff is happening on Earth. Finally, they're all like right. calling in. <laughs> I feel like most of the world are kind of like we don't care about what's going on on Earth until they get into our business. You know, they get into Apophis's business, and so he's like trying to destroy them, and he like sends motherships after them. So it's like if they go after another specific world next. Then that ghoul'd be like, oh man, like okay, now I gotta go deal with this. <laughs> you know. But otherwise the rest of them were like, you know, not concerned. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like this um episode also shows that like even though they the people of Earth like did a really good job building a computer system to serve as a DHD when they didn't have one. The computer takes way too long to dial the gate. Yeah. Like, was that what Sam was saying about, like, we need to wait for the... Is that what they were doing? Like, we need the computers and everything was, like, melting? Yeah, everything was getting too hot and the computers were going to shut down. And it's like, well, you have to have the computers to run the gate. Otherwise, you can't open the Stargate. An over-reliance on technology is going Mm -hmm. to bite people in the butt. Mm -hmm. I've been saying, and Stargate just backed me up (laughs) yeah it makes me wonder if at some point they could find a planet where maybe it's like uninhabited or something and they could just like take the stargate and dhd from an uninhabited planet and bring it home you know and then like have a dhd instead of using a computer yeah because like even after like Sam is able to speed up the dialing process, it's still nowhere near as fast as you could like physically dial a DHD. Telling you it's faster to do things analog. <laughs> they should just set up like a old fashioned dialable DHD. I think that's their best bet. Yeah. The question is like, where would you get one? Cause I mean, the problem is like, you can't, you'd have to like physically go get it from somewhere. Wasn't there one in the Arctic where the other gate was? Yeah. They could just go go there. I assume... Well, they they left that DHD with that Stargate, though. Yeah, but they can just go get that DHD. It's not like they're using that Stargate. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they figured they didn't really need to because they have a computer that works. 
or like just wanted to keep the I don't know if there's anything that like ties a specific DHD to a specific Stargate or not or if they're interchangeable also then them getting a DHD from another world wouldn't change anything unless they get both a DHD and a Stargate from another world and you that just seems like appearing. a lot of, how are you going to get a Stargate through the Stargate like sideways no I mean no it'd be like no you'd have to get a ship and like Bring it over. But they don't have any ships, so they'd have to like borrow a ship from like the Tokra or something. That's just a lot of work. No, I know that, but I'm just like they trying just, to like workshop ideas. Unplug the DHD <laughs> from the Arctic one and plug it into this Stargate. Well, so I'm saying I don't know if you could do that. What if it's like Bluetooth? Like, I mean, it might be. Like you know, you your AirPods connect to your phone. Yeah, and you disconnect them and connect them to your computer. She's got to disconnect the Bluetooth on the DHD. I wonder if it's just a matter of like reprogramming the DHD. And up to this point, they haven't had enough information about the DHD to know how to do that. Yeah, you know, like they finally got their first schematic of the DHD in the Fifth Race episode mm-hmm. when Jack had the ancient knowledge. But, like, who's to say that that was even enough to know how to reprogram, you know, literally any part that they might need? You know, it was for a specific purpose, so it may not cover all functions. So they may just not know how to reprogram it in that way. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, workshop ways that they could get faster dialing, you know? (laughs) As yeah. if I could help them with it. <laughs> like, hey guys, have you tried this? <laughs> so this is the first episode that's directed by Peter DeLuise. And he normally likes to do cameos in his episodes. I didn't notice a cameo in this one. I don't even know what he looks like. Um, especially at the time of this. <laughs> He, oh, he I mean, like his dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was another episode later in the season that he directs where I can see him and he, like, is an airman in the background. But I didn't notice him in this one. Now I know who I'm looking for. I'm going to look for him too. Yeah. I wrote down in my notes that they recognize that um, using the Sagan box to let the Tok'ra visit them is really inefficient and they should give him a GEO and they do I'm like I don't remember that in my rewatch they did do that right yeah at the end I think it was Jack was explaining it to them okay yeah yeah because I'm like having to send a specific box with a chemical signature on it and then having to like scrape that signature off the back of the iris is just so inefficient for like Having the Toker come visit. Yeah. This makes more sense. Yeah. Basically, intergalactic cell phone. Yeah. Do you want to know what GDO stands for? Sure. Garage door opener. That's so funny. (laughs) I'm like, geodynamic. Okay. Nope. Well... You know, and I, I feel like I'm not sure if they actually ever say that in the show. I think that might be one of the things that one of the writers or directors like mentioned in an interview at some point because I don't remember them ever actually using the full term. 
That's funny. Yeah. I never would have guessed garage door opener. Right? <laughs> yeah, speaking of the chokra, it seems like every time we see them, it's like the, the symbiote is really hardcore about their beliefs and the host is really chill. Yeah. I'm like, this is a really interesting, like, personality dynamic for the Tokra. I feel like because the symbiote, like, relies so much on the body to be able to, like, live and be, they're, like, super hardcore. They're like, no, these, this is the way. Like, you know, like, no, I'm convinced and this is it. This is, like, blah. And the host is like, whatever, man. Because, <laughs> like, the host, like, consented to having a worm. Yeah. So they're, by nature, I think, fairly chill people. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, you would have to be pretty chill to, like, agree to share your body with somebody. With a worm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Whereas, like, I feel like the worms have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Well, and they're, like, really old. So they're probably, like, have zero Fs left to give. Yeah. (laughs) And they're just, like, laying it all out there. (laughs) Like, listen, we need to do things my way. Because I'm older and smarter than you. I feel like that's all I have to say about this episode. Yeah, I don't have much else to add. I think both of these were, like, generally unproblematic. Do you agree? I would agree, yes. And that they hold up for a modern audience. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think there's anything particularly controversial, necessarily. No, I don't think so. No. Even uh, Mattello's desire to like find a wife while in Daniel's body, when Fred's like, it takes time and money. Uh-huh. He's like, okay. and <laughs> But like, that could have been creepy and it wasn't, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they they handled the body swapping stuff pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Like not creepy ways. Do you? So I see in your notes you have, like, as a note to Jill and Jack's body, don't shave that beautiful hair. So you think Jack's hair is beautiful? I think everything about Jack is beautiful. (laughs) So hair is part of it. Okay, it's fair. I don't think he actually cut any of it i think he was just making snippy sounds no but he wanted to like shave the head yeah and that's when i was like don't cut that beautiful hair (laughs) you really like that salt and pepper look it's really working for him and for me (laughs) okay duly noted (laughs) our sue's okay with salt and pepper okay on jack specifically yeah (laughs) <laughs> Actually, no, that's not strictly true. It, dep- it depends on the guy. Some guys okay. can really pull off the salt and pepper. Jack is yeah. one of them. Okay. 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 Well, next week we're going to be talking about episodes 19 and 20, One False Step and Show and Tell. Uh, One False Step is weird. Um, <laughs> show and Tell is fun, though. <laughs> and y'all are welcome to watch along with us. Arzu, it's time for your next quote. Are you ready? I'm ready. Well, they're not naked. They're covered with something. I really want this to be from Show and Tell. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like this is Daniel. They've arrived somewhere. There's a group of locals. They look naked. Uh-huh. Jack assumes they're naked. Yeah. And Daniel's like, they're not naked. They're covered with something. <laughs> okay. And he's like gesturing kind of weakly at whatever they like the fig right. leaves or whatever that they've got. <laughs> so. Any guesses on what they're covered with? I'm going to, I don't know exactly, but I'm going to go with something not obvious because Daniel calls it something. Right. It, like it could be plants. It could be clothes. Like he's not sure. So it's yeah. covered with something. Like, Because <laughs> if they yeah. like, if they were wearing explicit clothes, he'd be like, they're obviously dressed. Right. They're covered with leaves. They're covered with mud. Like whatever. So I don't think it's obvious what they're wearing. I just got like a flashback to the mud people in the Stargate Infinity <laughs> Like the big mud people and they're actually all sexy underneath. Yeah. They're all sexy wearing bikinis underneath. <laughs> they're now, not naked. The Stargate episode. They're not naked. They're just covered in mud. <laughs> They've covered their bikinis with mud. Oh my god. Can you imagine that episode in live action? <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Armand would love that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Okay, that's it for today. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. If you would like to rate and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, we would really appreciate it. Arzu, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I am on Instagram, Tumblr, and Hive at Arzu D2. As for the Geeky Waffle, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Tumblr. And we are at thegeekywaffle.com. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.